go to the Lord in prayer this morning. Father, thank you for this morning and, and just the opportunity to be here. Father, we just pray your blessings here this morning. God, if there be heavy hearts here, Father, we just pray peace and relief. Father, I pray this morning, Lord God, as, as, we, as we come, Lord God, we bring the sacrifice of praise. Father, I pray that you receive this. I pray that you receive our sacrifice this morning, Lord. Father, we pray you bless the message, bless our pastor, Lord God. And Father, we just, we're open and looking for you to do your will and what you want, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Jesus Amen. Amen. God bless you this morning. Amen. Don't you appreciate God this morning? Amen. Amen. Father, we just love you and appreciate you. Thank you for your goodness and mercy. Let's sing and give him praise today. Join in with us. Righteous Redeemer, Lamb of Glory, Hallelujah! Amen. Praise God, we're here this morning to experience the Lord. Yes. Find more of Him. Yes. Be gladder about Him. Yes. I don't re-preach; I just preach again. <laughs> well, glory. Amen. I know it's cold. I know it's sluggish. I know your oil might be thick this morning. But I'm telling you what, the Holy Ghost has got a heat that'll light you up and warm you up if you're ready. Amen. Come on, give God praise. One more time. receive the offering today and the Lord bless you as you give into that. I know there's a song awesome God but I'm here to declare this morning I serve an awesome God. Amen. 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 Awesome in me and in you and for me and for you. And he'll be Go ahead brothers and receive God bless you. Heavenly Father, we just thank, thank you, you today, dear God, for your opportunity, Lord, dear God, to be in your presence, yes, Lord, dear God. Lord, and Lord, we just oh, glorify you in every way, Lord. We ask you, Lord, dear God, just to bless each one that's here, Lord, meet every need, spiritual, physical, financial, God. Lord, we ask you to reach out and touch, dear God, the sick, Lord. Lift them up, Lord, dear God. Take the pain away, Lord, dear God. And Lord, we just ask you, Lord, dear God, to bless this offering, Lord. Bless those that give, Lord, and bless those that can't give today. Lord, in Jesus' name we pray. Jesus. Amen. Amen. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you for the sacrifice, Lord. Thank you came. Amen. Somebody, let's stand and get ready to proclaim. We're going to do something before we proclaim this morning. I know we got a number of people out this morning and very serious issues. And uh, hallelujah. I want you to quickly, one after the other, I want you to throw a name out. People in need, we're gonna pray for all of them. Get their names out here. Come on, somebody, let's go. Wanda McCraw. Wanda. Stan Sewell. Mm -hmm. Terry. Terry. Julie. Kim. Jim. Who? Kim Murray. Kim. Terry. 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 Yes. Chelsea. Kelsey. Sadie. Nathan. Heather. Okay. Heather. Yes. Wag. Hey, keep them up here. Keep them names on. Let's go. Ready? We're getting ready to pray. Anybody else? Amen. April. April. Yes. Okay. Brother, sister, Sam. Okay. Scott Pittman. Right. Wife, she's here. Are you praying for her? Yeah. All right. Stepdad, Cecil. Sister, Debbie. Okay. 
Yes. Blaine. Okay, Blaine, yes. Okay, you hear them all over. Okay, let's do it. Heavenly Father, we come this morning. God, we come to you on behalf of these. Lord, there's people not here this morning, God, because they're ailing or because they're seriously ill, Father God. They're suffering some way. God, today, Lord, we lift them all up to you. They're part of this church family, Lord, and we bring them up to you, Lord God. There's others, God, that are family members of these here, Lord. We lift them up to you. God, we pray for your divine touch upon them, Lord. We pray, God, for your healing mercy, Lord. God, we pray, Lord God, for your saving grace to touch them, Lord. These that are lost and unsaved, we pray for them this morning, God. Lord, we just bring them before you and believe in the name of Jesus, trusting you are the author and finisher of our faith, God. Lord, you are our hope, and you're these hope. And we bring them to you this morning, God, and we place them before you in combined, connected prayer and faith this morning by these gathered in this place today, lifting them up to you, God, and knowing and believing, God, that you will hear our prayers today and that you'll help them and bless them in the mighty name of Jesus we give you honor and praise. Amen. 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 And amen. Praise the Lord. Now, if you got your word in your hand, let's proclaim. All together, this is the word of God. This, this is, is the word of God. God. I will walk in it. I will walk in it. I'll abide by I'll it. Abide by I'll, by I'll it. adhere to it. I'll adhere to it. And I'll stand upon it. I'll stand upon it. It is my strength. It is my strength. It is my power. It is my power. It is my life. It is my life. Jesus name. Jesus name. In Jesus name. In Jesus name. Amen. Amen. And praise the Lord. God bless you, kids. Take off the children's church. All of you. Believe in the providence of God. Amen. Believe he has a will. Amen. Believe he has a will for you. Yes. Hallelujah. Believe he had a will for all these that we find recorded in his word. Amen, amen. All these great ones of old, that were it not for them, we would only have to wonder today if we would even be here. There would even be a church. See, God has used humans all through the ages and all through history to perform his purpose. Still doing it today. Amen. Amen. Yes, Lord. Hallelujah. I find it interesting in several occasions in God's Word how that for the sake of one, God will save many. Amen. Come on. One faithful person. One faithful person who understands and knows that the providence of God is working in their life. Even when the end may not be that would be so much as we would refer to as desired. But they're so committed to the purpose and the will and the service of God that whatever that end may be, they're pressing towards it and how much God will take care of a person like that, that his providence be fulfilled, that his will be accomplished. In the life of one, because in the life of one, God's will being accomplished, in the life of one can make such a difference in the lives of many. How many times do you see that in God's word, really? Count them sometimes. Count them sometimes. Faithful people that continued and stayed the course, fulfilled the promise and the will of God, and they pressed through all kinds of hardships and all kinds of turmoil, all kinds of opposition, everything in the world rising up against them, trying to prevent them and hinder them from doing what they knew God had called them to do and to fulfill the purpose to the finality of everything God wanted to do with them on this earth. They continued forth through it all, and because they did 
God miraculously made a way for them. Amen. We're going to see an account of that this morning in the book of Acts. Matter of fact, towards the latter end of the book, chapter 27, we find the Apostle Paul here in custody of the Roman soldiers. He had stood before Festus and Agrippa. He had appealed to Caesar because he was a Roman citizen. The process was once arrested or charged with a crime, that subject had the the, the right to appeal to the highest power, which in this case was Caesar. So we find Paul here in the 27th chapter of the book of Acts in custody of this brigade of Roman soldiers and they have set a course on a, a ship upon a vessel to transport him to Rome to stand before Caesar. And as we begin reading here, and I want to pick up in a particular verse here in verse 9. I want to kind of decorate the scene here because we're talking about a, a large vessel, a large sailing vessel, not just some tiny boat or some yacht. This is uh, at least in the time presented here biblically in the era that we're talking about. It was a major ship that sailed in, 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 the, uh, in this instance uh, on the Mediterranean on this huge body of water and this is where we find Paul he was being transported actually by a cargo vessel in transport to Rome to stand before Caesar and many of you know by reading your Bible that it was God's will for Paul to stand before Caesar Amen. it was God's plan it was God's purpose Paul had challenged the authorities and in the will of God he said this is where I want to go how many of you know that the words of Paul are still ministering to people today as we stand here and as you sit out here in this church this morning? Amen. How many of you know that he's one uh, is responsible for the writing of most of the New Testament? He is. Charged of God. Lit up with the Holy Spirit. Willing to fulfill the final destiny in his life for the cause of God, for the service of the one that, he, that rescued him on the road to Damascus a long time before. Isn't that great? Amen. God rescued you. Amen. You might not have been around Damascus anywhere, but I don't know where you was at, but God rescued you, didn't he? Amen. Ever since that time in Paul's life, he became devoted to God. He had what you'd call a eyewitness experience with Jesus Christ. Called him into the ministry. He said, Paul, this is what I want you to do. Ultimately, Paul became the preacher to the Gentiles. Those who weren't worthy us and when he set out to minister to the Gentiles Paul gave it all he had here we find it because of him giving all he had for the cause of Christ we find him in opposition to the authorities at the time both the religious authorities and the government authorities so he's in custody here in verse 9 now they're situated on the vessel they're already set sail says, Now when much time was spent and when sailing was now dangerous because the fast was now already passed, Paul admonished them. This is speaking, it's interesting because this is speaking of a time of year and it's really strange that this is put right here. But it's to, to designate a particular era of the year which was very dangerous because storms 
begin to evolve and erupt, especially on the bodies of water. We, we could kind of relate it to hurricane season in the United States, okay? So here they go, and Paul is, is aboard this vessel along with a huge number of other folks, both sailors and whomevers and whatevers they're, they're transporting and they're going to Rome. So we really have no way of knowing really what kind of people are all on board here. We know that there are those we would refer to as sailors or, or mariners, of course, those that steered the ship and managed the ship and, and done all the things they do. And there's also a number of soldiers aboard. Paul is aboard. There's others very likely en route to stand before Caesar themselves. There's people going all kinds of places, and they're all aboard this vessel. Later we're going to see that in totality there was 276 people aboard. 276. Paul admonished them in verse 10. He said to them, Sirs, I perceive that this voyage will be with hurt and much damage, not only of the lading and ship, but also of our lives. Nevertheless, some people don't listen very well. Do Nevertheless, the centurion believed the master and the owner of the ship. Huh. There's goods to move here, right? There's money to be made, right? There's things got to be done for prosperity, right? Okay. No, not, that's not in your Bible. I'm kind of trying to fill in between the lines here. More than those things which were spoken by Paul. How did Paul know? How, did Paul, how could Paul make this statement? Guys, you need to listen to me because there's trouble on the horizon. Yes, amen. Thank God might have giving Paul a little divine wisdom here, Amen. a little foreknowledge, absolutely. I believe so. And because the haven was not commodious to winter in, the more part advised to depart thence also, if by any means they might attain to Phoenice and there to winter, which is in haven of Crete and lie toward the southwest and northwest. Now it's given us a, a location of what's going on here again, generally in the Mediterranean region of the world. If you look on a globe, the Mediterranean Sea looks about this big, but it's massive. It's massive. So here is where we're situated. Let's go with Paul here. Let's just get on board. I think if we kind of use our imaginer to get on board this vessel and, and when we really get into the mixture in a little bit, we might have a little more understanding of what's going on as much as we possibly can. Verse 13, and when the south wind blew softly, supposing that they had obtained their purpose, loosing dense, they sailed close to Crete. How many times have you set off on a good day and the sun's shining, boy, everything's great, awesome, and wonderful. You said, boy, we got her now. Yeah. We're well on our way. Boy, things are look couldn't be no better than this. Uh-huh. How many times, boy, before long, Wind began to blow. <coughs> Thunder began to roll. Huh? Anybody recognize we're kind of in a storm right now? Has anybody recognized we're kind of in a storm right now? Amen. Amen. Mm -hmm. May not be one that's the uh, winds and the waves are roaring, but we're in a storm. Amen. We're in a storm. Are you on board? Come on. 
If you ain't on board, you better get on board. And I'm talking yeah, about man. the old ship of Zion. You better get yeah, on board. Yeah, yeah. You better get yourself situated. And you better get an understanding of what's going on around you. Amen. The spiritual waves are crashing. The winds are roaring. It's hailing. It's hailing. How about that? Mm -hmm. We're assaulted, aren't we? Amen. Here we go. Everything's looking good. They done got it in their minds that we got smooth sailing ahead. Everything's going to be great. We're going to arrive where we're going without any trouble because there ain't no trouble to be seen right now. Everything's good. South wind's blowing. Well, that was the sailor's delight. What'd that mean? South wind, so he was going to push them sails. Well, that old, that old ship was going to strike that sail up and that wind was going to hit it and it was going to carry them smoothly right on to the destination where they were going. They didn't anticipate any problems. None at all. But that, listen, Paul had already warned them, hadn't he? Paul, but who's Paul? He's just a little old preacher, right? Yeah. Woo! Could we stay a while on that? Amen. He's just a little old preacher. He don't know nothing. He ain't no sailor. He don't know nothing about much about boats. So who do we? Who's he that we need to listen to him? You say the United States is a great big sailing vessel right now. And it would do real well for them to listen to a few preachers. Amen. Amen. Mm -hmm. But, and I'm paying no attention to Paul here. 14, but not long after, listen, but not long after, not long after when? Not long after everything was fine and great. There arose against it a tempestuous wind called Eurocladon. Got some roaring going on. And when the ship, see how, how immediate things begin to happen here? What's going on? Let me read a little further because I want you to get the full description. And when the ship was caught and could not bear up into the wind, we let her drive. What's taking place? It ain't smooth sailing anymore, is it? All of a sudden, immediately. Where does all of a sudden immediately come from when something is trying to prevent one from fulfilling the providence of God? When one's trying to continue in their course to meet the purpose and fulfill the purpose of God and all of a sudden, instantly, something begins to stand in the way to prevent that, where does it come from? The one who's trying to hinder the work of God, right? Okay. And running under a certain island, which is called Clauda, we had much work to come to the boat. Boat's already getting tore up. Does your boat ever get tore up? I know this is some lengthy reading this morning. And as I study, and I'm trying to kind of bring it into kind of a smaller presentation, but the Holy Spirit wouldn't allow me because we've got to get this full thing. So stay with me. I'm going to read it with you, but I want you to catch what's going on. Which, verse 17, when they had taken up, they used helps, undergirding the ship and fearing lest they should fall into the quicksands, straight sail, and so were driven. Did you catch a key word in that verse? Fearing. Everything was fine a while ago, wasn't it? Wasn't no fear a while ago, was there? But now what's happening? Fear's done showed up. Why? Because things have turned 
and they're not what they was a little bit ago. Amen. Now they're saying, hey, this thing's getting serious. <laughs> and they're trying to get the ship back together. They're trying, actually they're taking, at this time, ropes, massive ropes is what they were, and they're going around the ship, and they're trying to hold the hull together to keep the thing from coming apart. Because they don't have, did you catch it? They don't have control over it anymore. Amen. What's got control over it? The storm. The storm. We're in a storm. Listen. We're in a storm. We're going somewhere here. This ship sailing. We're going somewhere. In this sermon this morning, I believe we're going to see some great things. Already have. We're going to see some more. Amen. And we, 18, and we being exceedingly tossed with a tempest, the next day they lightened the ship. What they lighten it up? Isn't it amazing when things get tough? Possessions don't mean so much anymore. Amen. Huh? Amen. What are they getting rid of? What kind of ship did I tell you this was? Cargo ship. Precious stuff, right? This was a major trade route in the Mediterranean. It carried massive loads day after day after day of loads to Egypt, different places, great places of commerce. No telling what was loaded, but they began to cast it off. You see, all of a sudden they began to realize, you know, life might be a little more important than stuff. Uh -huh. Right. <coughs> mm -hmm. There's another lesson. We need to take note. Life is more precious than stuff. And the third day we cast out with our own hands the tackling of the ship. Uh -oh. What do we got going on? What's the tackling of the ship? The ropes and the lines and all the mechanical things that, that's necessary to keep this thing in order. You see fear growing here? What are they doing? Lightening the load. Why? Now, they're trying to save themselves. They're doing things in a panic. You ever get in a panic? Mm -hmm. When the storm hits you square in the face, a while ago everything was fine, all of a sudden the storm hits, panic. Throwing everything overboard. Tossing it. First we threw the possessions out, the most valuable things probably you could imagine. It's overboard. Now we're throwing the very things overboard that's able to that some sort of way at all to keep this thing from sinking. Hmm. You ever feel like the ship's sinking? What do you do when your ship starts sinking? What do you what do you listen to me? What do you do when when the situation say a storm shows up and you know it's bad and it's terrible, what do you do? You, you start going to extreme measures usually. You panic and fear sets in. Now, here are seasoned mariners on this ship. This ain't their first route out on the ocean. They've probably done this multiple times. They're well aware how to manage a ship in a storm, but the scriptures here evidently is telling us there's something here they don't even know how to deal with. It's that way sometimes, doesn't it? What's their only hope? 
one little man on board. <laughs> Not the head duck in charge of Paul's custody. Not the master or the owner of the ship who was so valuable a while ago. Because they listened to him, right? Instead of listening to Paul. I think right about now he don't really matter much anymore. <laughs> because now they are really concerned if they're even going to make it or not. It's better. Verse 20 says, And when neither sun nor stars in many days appeared, and no small tempest lay on us, this thing remains huge. When it says no small tempest, it's, a, it's saying this thing is still big and it's getting bigger. And to beat that, we're in the dark now. When no sun or no stars appear, you in the dark. Now, what could be a worse situation when you got winds raging, you got waves crashing, your ship is being tossed, and now it's dark and you can't even keep a torch lit? That's say you're just in the black, dark. Probably can't even see their hand in front of their face. You ever feel like that? It's okay to be honest. Yeah. Honest with yourself, honest with God, it helps. What do we do now? We can't even see a star. Daytime, you can't even see the sun. Can't see the moon. Ain't no way you can light anything because if you tried, the crashing waves and the splash off of them would put it out. So we're in great distress about right now. You agree with that according to the scriptures? Amen. <clears throat> All hope that we should be saved was then taken away. Here, where are we at right here? At the end. In a hopeless state. Mm -hmm. They've already given over. It's done. It's finished. You won't find it this way. My Bible pretty much tells me it ain't over till it's over. Amen. <laughs> It's going to get rough here, but it ain't over till it's over. And if you're fulfilling the providence of God, over is going to be God's will at the end of this thing. Amen. Let's go on. Verse 21, But after long abstinence, Paul stood forth in the midst of them and said, I tried to tell you. <laughs> you ever had to do that, or has anybody ever had to do that to you? I tried to tell you. It wasn't going to go good <laughs> mm -hmm. said sirs you should have hearkened to me what was that you said about listening hearing that you're supposed to be listening <coughs> wasn't listening to me evidently and not have loosed from creed and to have gained this harm and loss and now I exhort now listen to this I exhort you be of good cheer. <laughs> Be glad. Be glad. Can you imagine? I see some heads twisting. And so, what did he just say? This guy's nuts. I mean, now please consider. I don't know if you've ever been in in nobody. I don't think anybody here has ever been in this kind of a situation. Well, you got to get your mind where this, what's going on right here. This is in the middle of a hurricane. 
at hurricane force winds in a ship in the middle of the ocean. They don't even know where they're at because they're by now so far off course and so many things that are that are coming against them in the, in the physical and it's dark and they can't see and Paul says be of good cheer guys <laughs> and she's not being a smart of He's not, okay, I'm convinced with y'all there's no hope, so I'll just smart off something here. How could he say this? Let's read. We're going to find out. For there shall be no loss of any man's life among you but of the ship. What would you be thinking about right now? You know, they chumped John overboard, didn't they? Yeah. I wonder if they might be about ready to jump Paul overboard by making this kind of statement. Really consider it. Here we are. We're probably getting ready to lose our lives. This ship's going to sink and nobody's ever going to find our bodies because we're out here in the middle of multiple hundred feet deep water. And this guy's telling us to be happy, to be of good cheer and be glad because ain't none of us going to perish. But then he says, why? And he tells them, how he knows that. Verse 23 says, For there stood by me this night the angel of God, whose I am. Catch that? I want to read it again. For there stood by me this night the angel of God, whose I am, and whom I serve. Angels tend to show up a lot of places. And a lot of those places are in dire situations. Remember when Peter was in prison? Had him locked down, going to kill him. Middle of the night, somebody showed up. Come on, go with me. Doors, prison doors opened up. We know the story. Went out, went down the street where everybody was praying. Church was gathered praying. Knocks on the gate. Some girl comes to the gate and says, hey, Peter's out there. Goes where all the people's praying for Peter's listen. Can't be Peter. You're going to kill him. Guess what? It was Peter. It was right outside the door. Yeah. See, angels show up. Doesn't matter if there's a storm. No fear, right? Amen. Show up in the darkest places. Most turbulent times. And spoke to Paul. The angel told Paul. This is what the angel told Paul. Saying, fear not, Paul. Thou must, get this, thou must be brought before Caesar. And lo, God hath given thee all them that sail with thee. Uh -huh. So here's Paul telling them, this is how I know. Now we don't know, this is it. We do not know the spiritual state of any of these people on board other than the one of Paul. But God tells him, I'm going to save you and I'm going to save all these other 275 people on board with you. Uh -huh. None of them is going to suffer a fate of death. This is how I know this because the angel of God come and he stood here tonight in the middle of the storm in the raging of the waves and the sea and in the midst of darkness and this is what he told me. Amen. And he told me that because I've got a mission to accomplish. Right. I've got a place to go. I've got a predestined 
appointment that God arranged for me to stand before Caesar and by faith in me and fulfilling the purpose of God this is where I'm going so he was kind of saying don't worry don't worry wherefore sirs be of good cheer for I believe God that it shall be even as it was told me kind of insert and that's all I'm doing you know what a fanatic is there's probably some discussion about right now we got a fanatic <coughs> this guy's completely overzealous can you be too overzealous of God I, I get, you know we got to get this Paul's with these guys he's in the ship that looks like it's getting ready to come apart, which we're going to see here in a minute. It does. But he is so full of God, so charged of the Holy Spirit, so committed to fulfilling God's predestined arrangement for him that he's visited by this angel and all this going on that tells him, you're going to be okay, and not only you're going to be okay, but everybody else on this boat's going to be fine. Might not end how everybody wants it to end, but they're going to be fine. Albeit, we must be cast upon a certain island. How Paul know that? Where are they at? Come on, I already tell you. Where are they at? Middle of the ocean. In the middle of a storm. How did Paul know that they had to land on a certain island? Holy Spirit. If God arranges something, folks, he arranges it. He makes the way. He sets everything in order. And Paul already knows. You know, if I was one of these sailors and, you know, probably like a lot of them were, they knew nothing about God much at all, I'd be kind of wondering, man, I don't know, this guy's kind of far out there. Paul was right in line. Let's keep reading. But when the 14th night was come, as we were, listen, 14th night? Is that two weeks? Two weeks of storm? Two weeks of waves, two weeks of waves crashing and wind blowing and everything else and, and darkness. Think you'd be about ready to go overboard yourself about right now? Man. As we were driven up and down in the drill about midnight, the shipmen deemed that they drew near to some country. And sounded, that means they let down a line, checking how deep the water is. And sounded and found it 20 fathoms, 100 feet deep, thereabouts. And when they had gone a little further, they sounded again and found it 15 fathoms, 75 feet deep. Then, fearing lest we should have fallen upon rocks, they cast four anchors out of the stern and wished for the day. We wishing for daylight now. Yeah. We wishing for some kind of light. Do, do you? Can you really begin to understand the beating that these people are taking? Not only physically, but mentally. 
I mean, in probably a lot of their minds, this thing's over with. We just wish it'd hurry up and get over with. 14 days. Middle of the storm. You ever feel like your storm was just enduring and enduring and enduring? Amen. That you just like to get out of this thing? Yeah. Amen. Kind of their case. And as the shipmen were about to flee out of the... I love this. They're going to flee out of the ship. Where's the ship? How deep's the water? 75 feet deep. Last fathom. Last sounding. Waves roaring. Wind blowing. Where are they going? Let's see here. When they had let down the boat into the sea under color, or they're pretending as though they were going to cast anchors out of the four ships, what the scripture's saying here. They're pretending that they're going back there to go about Mariner's business. What are they really doing? They're letting this look. This boat, in the Greek, is it's a skiff. And what a skiff is, is about a, a 10 foot long or 12 foot long flat bottomed rowboat. Where are we going in the middle of a raging storm in a flat bottom rowboat in 75 feet of water? You see the stress is kicking in here. Uh -huh. People Amen. do crazy things yeah. under fear. Yep. So they're thinking they're going to save themselves. And by now, listen, this is what's happened also. They done forgot about all their buddies on board. Anybody here ever heard of a hero? What's heroes do? Sacrifice their own life, land them, even danger, you know, miss the danger for what? For the sake of others. So here they are, and they're trying to loose this little old small boat. Really, they're used to go in calm waters and good times from the ship to land because the ship's too big to get very close to the shore, so they use this little skiff. So they're trying to lower this thing down for their own safety to escape the storm by getting in the middle of the storm. Makes a lot of sense to me. Paul said to the centurion, verse 31, to the soldiers, except these abide in the ship, you cannot be saved. Remember that. Write it down. Uh -huh. If you don't stay in the ship, you're not going to be saved. Yes. What ship? The old gospel uh -huh. ship. Amen. The old ship of Zion. The ship of Jesus. You remember the ark that Moses built? Amen. Hang on to God. I mean, Noah. I said Moses, Noah. Moses might have built one too. I don't know. Noah. Let's get that straight. How long did it take him? 120 years. How many people walked by him laughing and mocking saying, look at that nut. Look at that religious fanatic. Look at him putting them boards together. He built a ship out of what? Built an ark out of what? Gopher wood. Gopher wood. Built it. Worked on it. He and his family. 120 years. And God says, time to load up. It's time to get in the ship. Get all these animals. Load them up with you. I'm getting ready to do something. This is what happened. God got so put out with mankind, he said, I don't even want them anymore. I'm going to destroy them. But the Bible also says Noah found grace in the eyes of God. 
Amen. And Noah loaded up and he loaded his family and he closed the doors and guess what happened? Here comes the storm. For 40 days and 40 nights. God has a way of saving his people. What was the cross made out of? Is that why God has a saving his people? Huh? Come on, any Christians, get with me. Is this the way God arranged to save his people? Absolutely. We could call it an ark. The one that hung up on it, definitely an ark. He was our, he was our salvation. Our way to salvation. The only way. But you got to stay with him, don't you? If you're going to make it through the storm, we're in a storm. If you're going to make it through the storm, you better get a good hold on this vessel. Amen. You better hang on. And you better not try to bail off. Because it's not going to work for you if you do. Amen. Like Amen. these did. They're going to go their own way, do their own thing. Get off in this little boat, go out there in the middle of the storm. They were hoping, okay, this well, we, we ain't going to sink, but we're going to, I don't know what they was thinking. But it wasn't going to work for them because there's no other way for one. Amen. Paul said it right here. Uh, amen. If they don't stay in the ship, they ain't going to be saved. Amen. Love the next verse. Then the soldier cut the ropes off. Yep. We're going to stop that stuff. Just cut the ropes. I wish I could cut people's ropes that's trying to find another way, trying to bail shit, uh -huh. go out here in the middle of a raging storm. And I'm not saying they even know this storm's raging, but they're abandoning the ship continuously. Uh -huh. Going their own way, trying to find their own safety, their own refuge, their own means of saving themselves. And there isn't any. Amen. There's only one. Stay in the ship, regardless the situation. And let her fall off. And while the day was coming, verse 33, while the day was coming on, Paul besought them all to take meat, saying... This day is the 14th day that you have tarried and continued fasting, having taken nothing. So now in the middle of the storm, in the middle of the dark and everything else, we're going to sit down and we're going to eat and we're going to have a party. Isn't that amazing? What's Paul saying? You better nourish yourselves. Yeah. Better nourish ourselves spiritually, haven't we? Amen. Let me say this. This is talking about physical food because... The Lord has steered Paul and inspired. You got to tell these guys they've been so stricken in fear that they ain't even been able to eat. Now there's food aboard. Get this. This is how scared they are. What happens when you get really, really, really scared? Terror is stricken you. What happens to you? You lose your appetite, don't you? For 14 days they've been in this state, agonizing. I know we can't go there because. Most of us, probably all of us, never been there. But we need to take a lesson from this. He said, you guys have been without food. We need to take some. We need to eat. And I find this interesting because here is Paul, the one who was rejected in the first place and told he didn't know what he was talking about. Now here he is in the middle of this storm setting a table, if you will, before everybody else on board the ship, and he's serving them. For this is your health, he says. Still in verse 34. 
For there shall not a hair fall from the head of any of you. Now, a while ago, their lives was going to be saved, but now they ain't none of them going to lose a hair. What's going on? Storm, right? Uh-huh. Amen. When God does something, he does it right. Amen. If God protects you, he protects you. Paul has given them divine words of knowledge here. How did Paul know that not a hair of their head was going to be hurt or lost? Because God's got a providence for him. He's fulfilling the providence. He's staying absolutely on line with the will of God. He knows where he's going, and he knows God's going to get him there. When he had thus spoken, he took bread and gave thanks to God in presence of them all. And when he had broken it, he began to eat. Still storming, right? Waves still crashing, right? Amen. Evidently still dark, right? What day is it? 14th, right? Mm-hmm. 14th day. Here's Paul. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness and your mercy. Thank you for your protection, God. Now, we're going to rejoice in you, and we're going to partake of bread, but we're going to thank you for it first, and we're going to share it with all these. Amen. Here you go. There's a lot in that right there. I'm going to bless those with me. Every one of them. Every one of them. I'm going to show them who it is I'm thanking. They have not seen the results yet. Now it might be different if all of a sudden the sun come out and the wind ceased and the, the waves became perfectly calm. Everything's good. It might be different. Okay, we're going to thank God now. Paul's thanking God in the middle of the yeah. storm. Yeah. Before everybody else on that vessel. You ever crawl off in the corner or hide in a closet somewhere to thank God when there's other people around? Good lesson. Then they were all of good cheer. Isn't it amazing what thanking God does? Sincerely thanking God. They were all of good cheer, and they also took some meat or took some food. And we were in all in the ship, 203 score and 16 souls. Again, 276 people aboard. When they had eaten enough, they lightened the ship and cast out the wheat into the sea. Now we're throwing the food away. So, I don't want you to think and I don't want you to miss here that the storm's over by any means because it isn't. So the last final thing they do is throw the food away. Do they still yet know how much longer they're going to be out here? Because why? They don't know where they're at, right? That's right. only thing they had was the sounding and last indication of Scripture. They're still in water that's about 10 to 12 times deeper than any man's height. Most humans in this kind of situation, if they're plunged into it, they usually sink to the bottom pretty quickly. A lot of people sinking today spiritually. Lord, help them. Help them get on the boat. We need to stop and pray in the middle of a lot of things, don't we? Amen. You ever stop and pray in the middle of your work day? Middle of your 
festivities or whatever's going on. And when it was day, they knew not the land. They said, they don't know where they're at. They still don't know where they're at. They knew not the land. But they discovered a certain creek, by the word that means harbor, with a shore, a beach. I like that picture. Can you visualize that with me? Now, wait a minute. When it was day, they knew not the land, but they discovered a certain creek with a shore into the which they were minded if it were possible to thrust the ship. We've got to get this thing in. And when they had taken up the anchors, they committed themselves into the sea and loosed the rudder bands. That means they let go of the rudder. What's the rudder? It steers the ship. What they had done, they had actually tied it in place to try to manage some kind of ability to control the thing. So they just cut them off and let it go. Now they're at the mercy of the waves and everything else that's going on. And hoisted up the mainsail to the wind and made towards shore. Falling into a place where two seas met, they ran the ship aground and the forepart stuck fast and remained unmovable. So they've wedged this thing now. It's in a position that's unmovable. But the hinder part was broken with the violence of the waves. So we know a storm's still going on, right? Still going on. And the soldiers' counsel was to kill the prisoners, lest any of them should swim out and escape. What had Paul already said? Nobody's going to be lost, right? But you see, there's still means here, again, to prevent Paul's mission to stand before Caesar, right? There's still a final attempt Somebody put the thought in their head, well, let's go ahead and kill all of them. Got it? But the centurion, willing to save Paul, listen, you got to stop. The centurion willing to save Paul. How many people's on this ship? How many's Paul? What's happened here? You think somebody has touched the centurion's heart? And giving him favor for Paul. But in him giving him favor for Paul, everybody on the ship is safe. Listen to what it says in one piece reading. The centurion willing to save Paul kept them from their purpose and commanded that they which could swim cast themselves first into the sea and get the land. And the rest, some on boards and some on broken pieces of the ship. And so it came to pass that they all escaped. Safe land. What a storm. In a way, we can relate this situation or this biblical instance to spiritual storms how severe they can get how severe they do get and we find and I didn't have near enough time to really go into a lot of detail again with the length of reading and so many things that obviously are, are, are many sermons of themselves throughout the context of the scripture it's amazing how many lessons there are to be learned but the main one I gather, the main one I want to present this morning, or one of the main ones is this. Again, I'm going to state, state it again. Don't jump ship. Amen. you got to stay in the ship if you're going to get saved and make it to the end. 
this is the ship. You can't jump the ship, right? You can't Amen. abandon the cross. Amen. You cannot abandon the work of the cross. You cannot abandon the Lord Jesus Christ and ever expect to make it because you're not going to. Amen. The only way, Paul said, the only way you're going to be saved is stay in the ship, stay on board. Regardless how tough it gets, how nasty it gets, how wild it gets, no matter how hard the winds blow and the waves crash and the storm rages, no matter what, you got to stay on board. Well, Brother John, the ship broke up in the end. Absolutely. How do we know it did? Because the Bible says it Nobody did. Nobody died. But everybody wound up on shore and saved, right? You still put them where you want. Paul, the only one that God ever had a will or purpose for. Have I got a providence? Do you? Has anything ever stood in your way? Little bitty things? In comparison? And I'm not lightning. You may be here this morning. You may be in a storm this morning. You may feel like you're barely able to hang on any longer. Stay in the boat. Boy, I really feel like I sense this morning somebody's considering this. Just abandoning ship. Tired of being tossed. I'm tired of being thrown. Tired of the darkness. You're on a raging, in a raging storm on a huge body of water, and you're in a ship. Where's your safest place? In the ship. And yes, it does come apart in the end scripturally. God still provided a means. Uh-huh. He still provided a way. Chunk of wood. Board off the vessel. Whatever it took. But they all wound up. Where did Paul wind up? Rome. Before Caesar. You know what happened to him? Anybody interested in knowing what happened to Paul when he stood before, or after he stood before Caesar? He was sentenced. And for a short season, he was allowed some freedom to continue to minister. Not very long. You know what happened after that? He was beheaded for the cause of Christ. Boy, what providence, huh? Commitment. We have what we have because of one man. Amen. Jesus. Amen. And we have most of the biblical account of Jesus, other than the four Gospels and a few more smaller books given to us that we can read today and live and experience because of one man whose name is Paul who was totally committed and I believe in Paul's heart 
and probably the Holy Spirit, he already knew what his final destiny was going to be. And we questioned, I said, well, if that's the case, why did he want to fight through the storm? Why didn't he just be okay with just perishing right there? Because he wouldn't have fulfilled God's purpose. Amen. And when he fulfilled God's purpose, the great things that have taken place from what he did from his death forward until now. How many people consider how many people have been saved at Paul's words? How many people have been encouraged by Paul's words? How many people have been brought out of distress and out of the storm by Paul's words? Countless. Countless. Stay on the ship, folks. Don't try it on your own. You won't make it. I firmly believe that the storm is going to continue to rage and it's probably going to intensify. The storm. Remain committed. If you're losing it, get committed. Get it back. God, you got a purpose for me. If you didn't have a purpose for me, you wouldn't have saved me. I'm staying in the boat, Lord. Committed. I'm staying in the boat no matter what. Yeah, there might be a storm. Hell may be assailing me, but I'm staying in the boat. And I refuse to abandon the old gospel ship. Let's stand. Man, there was so much more in this. Bach is my enemy. I urge you to go back and read it at some point. Get, you know, quiet time. Go back and read this. Uh-huh. Let the Holy Spirit speak to you through every word of every verse. You'll find more than what I've been able to preach here this morning out of. You will find great treasures in this passage of Scripture. I believe you'll see things that will ring some bells. Consider the terms, all the terms used. The mariner terms, the all the things that, that Paul describes here and, and how the fear set in and, and how God was so faithful and, and regardless of what the circumstances looked like and that it looked like peril, the fate was just going to be disaster at any moment how God brought them through. Consider, he'll do the same for you. Let's pray this morning. Lord, we believe today and we just are, God, we're grateful. We're grateful because, God, you are a way maker, God. You're a storm stopper, if need be. But, God, Father, you'll help us to endure if you choose not to stop the storm. No matter how long it lasts, no matter how raging it gets, Lord, we can know and have faith and believe, God, without a doubt, Lord God, that you will come through, God, Father, and you will take us, Lord, to your fulfilled purpose if we will but stay with you, Lord, and cling to you, Lord, and anchor our hope in Jesus, who is our steadfast anchor and hope. God, I pray today, if anybody's in this house or anybody viewing, Lord, online, I pray, God, Father, that they need to make a decision. God, maybe somebody out there has thought, I've been to church for years and it's just too hard and it's too bad and it's too rough. Reconsider. I ask you to reconsider and seek God and say, Lord, help me to stay put in your holy vessel that, God, I can make it through safe and secure on the other side. 
Oh, Lord, God, minister today, I pray, at the voice and the sounds of these words, God, as they've gone forth, ask you, God, touch hearts, souls, minds, and bodies. Oh, in the name of Jesus, we give you praise and glory and thanks, God, for all things. Amen. Amen. And amen. Praise the Lord. Anybody need prayer today? Lord, we're going to pray for some. Yourself. Brother Larry. You need to come to the altar. Amen. Altar's open. If you need prayer personally, this is the direction, Amen. personally this morning. We pray for others. We'll take them here in a minute. I'm talking personally. I'm talking to you. God's talking to you this morning. Are you enduring the storm? Do you jump ship every time you turn around? Trying to find another way, another source, another means. Folks, listen to me. There isn't any other source. There isn't any other way. There isn't any other means. Get you a firm position in the old ship of Zion and get on board and hang on. We're going to get through this thing. They're going to be ashore one of these days. God's already prepared it. Anyone this morning, if you need prayer, just lift your hands. God will come. Signifying by lifted hands. God, we do need strength. We do need help. We do need that health that Paul spoke of. Keep going, that strength. Enable us to endure, to persevere through all the raging. God, through all the onslaught of the enemy, help us to remain faithful, to stand sure, to have total confidence in you, Lord, that you're going to take us where you want us to go. God, Father, we honor you and ask you to bless these today, each one. Strengthen them, God. Give them what they need. Help them, Lord God. I pray in your mighty name, Lord. Amen. Amen. And amen. God bless you this morning. Next. And I realize that this is just, uh, I guess we could refer to it as more or less man-made. Next Sunday is Valentine's Day. Anybody got a sweetheart? <laughs> and, and I realized St. Valentine's, who lived way centuries ago, basically created Valentine's Day. But we're going to have a Valentine's Day communion that Sunday evening. Loving Jesus. Amen. Okay? Loving Jesus. Amen. I know we got sweethearts. Love you, sweetheart, too. That's what it's about. Matter of fact, I think it probably needs to be addressed and addressed and addressed. Let me tell you something. In storms, if you're not careful, you lose your affection. Come on. What them guys do is gonna jump ship and find their way. They done lost love for them other people, haven't they? Yeah. Folks don't lose love. Don't that that ooh, that can very easily oh man. That can easily be the first thing to go. You gotta love through the storm, right? Mm-hmm. Paul could have said, Lord, just take me on. The rest of these can just whatever. Anyway, Sunday night is what we're going to do. And uh, we'll have a little more about that Wednesday. We'll let you know. But uh, I just just really inspired to uh, express really the love for the Lord that, that we have in our hearts that we should have, especially in the middle of the storm, right? Amen. Amen. Okay. All right. God bless you. Hope to see you back here tonight. We're going to be here again at 6. Please come. 
We're going to have a good time. God bless you. Have a great day out there. Thank you.